0: We in. Are we? Yeah, we in. Sure. Oh, I'm positive. I was just trying to catch you in a weird spot. I'm never in a weird spot.
1: Actually, that's not true. I'm always (laughs) in a weird spot. (laughs) So, is it really a weird spot if I'm always in it?
0: Ooh. I guess it depends on your perception. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not weird for you because you're used to it. Mm -hmm. But from the outside. Because, relative to anything, everything else in my life, it's it's like beauty. It's in the eye of the
1: beholder. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I was wondering where you were. Uh, what's going on? What's going on? What's new? What? Uh, <laughs> uh, what are we doing right now? What you been up to, man? I don't, I don't see you all the time.
1: Uh, what I've been up to? Fucking uh, playing two K. You play a lot of two K. Yeah, I do play a lot of 2K. I'm low-key addicted. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, fucking... uh, I've been, like, writing, but not, like, writing actual things. Like, okay, okay, so... uh, In Scrivener, I've been, like, uh, working on, like, a template Mm -hmm. for... um, How I'm going to write other things, if that makes any sense. So, like... Uh, I originally when I got Scrivener I um, got Scrivener and I downloaded a, a template for like formatting or n- not formatting but like outlining Um And yeah, I was like, oh, this is like a pretty cool thing. So like you, you know, just pull up the template and then you can use that file to write a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, it would be cool to like use this and then like combine my own process and then fucking come up with my own template so that when I write other things that like I have like a more streamlined process. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I've kind of been I've been working on that, um, which is like, I don't know, it's it's weird. It's kind of like writing but not writing
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah is it um Is like scrivener easy to do that kind of stuff on Set oh, up your own it's stuff fucking like amazing to do that yeah. kind of stuff on yeah it's awesome
1: um yeah it's just really yeah it's just really streamlined it's really easy to organize things that's cool fucking yeah that's nice I i it's fucking riveting dude we're starting off hot do you want have problems see? with uh, recording early in the morning. It's not even
0: the downside. Is it's not really that early. It's we not, just We just suck. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not early to everyone else, but relative to us. Relative to <laughs> us. <laughs> it's early. Yes. Uh, I'll give you. All right. All right. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about what happened last night? The reason we waited until early this morning. To yes. Record? Okay. So the reason. That? Yeah.
1: The reason that we got up early this morning before because a uh, Kyle has to work a little bit later on uh and b last night was u f c two 200, thirty two two thirty two uh john jones Alexander, Alexander gustafson, gustafson. <laughs> two. and really uh, really wanted to talk about the fight um mm-hmm. at least give a recap instead
0: of giving some weird uh before yeah preview yeah um, that'd be weird um which fight you want to talk about first there's some good ones okay um <laughs> Uh, you wanna talk about
1: fucking Amanda Nunez? Leona? Whooping the Lioness? Uh for those that don't know UFC, those that don't know about who Amanda Nunez is, she's a fucking Brazilian powerhouse. She's a beast. She is a fucking monster. She's like I kept saying last night, so Last night, Amanda Nunez is fighting
0: Chris Cyborg. Who is is the most dangerous female fighter of all time. Right. So dangerous that there have been multiple champions Mm -hmm. who have been, that wouldn't fight her. Mm
1: -hmm. Stayed away from her because she's fucking scary. And Amanda Nunez said, bring it on. Bring it I'll fight you. Uh, Yeah. And uh, how long did it last? 51 seconds. 51 seconds. Fucking ran through her And like uh, Cyborg landed a, a few good shots Yeah she It clipped, was
0: Cyborg clipped Amanda first Yeah And then Amanda It just made Amanda angry Or something
1: I think that she just Has a really good chin Yeah uh, But I said After Like as soon as Fucking Cyborg fell And uh, the ref called it I was like She's fucking Tyson. Yeah, you said it a lot of times, very loudly. Uh, because I was so excited, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it was awesome." I, the way that she just ran through her like that, I was like, "What the fuck? This is unprecedented." Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but now she is, she's the third champ, champ that we've had in the UFC. So
0: I was thinking about that a little bit. I feel like the the champ, champ thing, yeah, is it's the same thing as when Tim Tebow won the Heisman Award. And he was an underclassman. He was the first underclassman to win the Heisman Award, right? And it was like this big thing. And now everyone who wins it is an underclassman, like almost every year. Mm-hmm. It's it's this weird thing where it was like unprecedented for so long, uh-huh. and then once someone broke that ceiling, yeah, once Conor, or Conor McGregor did it the first time, it was like everyone because they the UFC just realized how much money's in it, yeah, and having champions fight each other,
1: yeah, and also the environment of the UFC, they recognize how important. Uh, well, at least since they've uh, been bought out by WME. Mm-hmm. Like, they've recognized how important it is to have a belt and who has a belt. Yeah. And fucking, that's why they're throwing out interim belts left and right. Which, which is, is annoying. It's super annoying, uh, but fucking, that's, it has aided in the result of multiple yeah. champ champs since Conor's done it. Yeah. Um, fucking, but, uh, I would, I mean, I would still say that the champ champ thing um, isn't as, uh, it's, it's not, I don't think it's bad at all. Compared no, it's to not the, bad. It's awesome. Uh, compared to the um, the interim belts no. being handed out. No, there should
0: be uh, more champ champs because, and less interim belts. <laughs> because well,
1: cause the three champ champs, I mean, it's, it's all been deserved. Yeah, right? they,
0: none of them are weird, like half champions or anything like that. And they all went out and earned that second belt. Mm-hmm. And then now Henry Cejudo trying to do it.
1: And he fucking, he could do it. He, he might. He's fucking, incredible. he might, he's a beast. Um, a I think
0: the, the, the best thing about Amanda, Amanda is how sweet she is. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a fucking just, sweetheart.
1: She's so nice. And she le- legit always cries after her. Yeah, she aftermath. all,
0: like, she can never believe how, what she just did. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, Danny, you better put me in the hall of fame now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think you're Joe obviously, was like, Joe was like, yeah, you're good.
1: You're obviously going to be in the yeah, hall of you're fame. you good.
0: Right? <laughs> There's no way. Is she the best female fighter ever?
1: Um. See, I think that's debatable. I see, like, uh, as soon as that happened, as soon as she knocked out Cyborg, I was thinking, "Holy shit!" My like, my first thought was, "Holy shit!" Amanda Nune- Nunez is, is fucking unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Like, she's Tyson, whatever. And My second thought was, how much is Cyborg depleting? Potentially, you know, is is she getting older? Yeah. Um, and, and does she not have how much anymore? weight does
0: she cut to fight at one forty five? Yeah, yeah. It's that's, that's a really good point. Amanda moved up to fight there and looked like a monster. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Um.
1: I I mean I would say that there's the three most dominant. Uh, I guess you got to have four in there if you're going to include Joanna, right? Joanna Rhonda. Cyborg, Cyborg and Amanda. And Amanda. Those are your four most dominant fighters, right?
0: Yeah. At, up to now.
1: And Amanda has lost once.
0: In her whole career? Mm-hmm. Woo! That's crazy. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm literally looking at, dude, the UFC website. I'm looking at it, but it doesn't have the records on it, so I'm not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was awesome. You want to talk about that sweet submission Michael Chiesa pulled off? Uh, yeah, he's a fucking monster. He looked he looked big. He looked, he looked so... My, like we were just talking about with Amanda, Michael Chiesa's been fighting at 155 his whole career since he was on The Ultimate Fighter, and he won The Ultimate Fighter in what I think was the best season of The Ultimate Fighter.
1: Mm-hmm. A majority of... Uh, mostly because of Michael Chiesa's
0: story. Yeah, right? and there's just a lot of people that were on that season that are still in the UFC and are successful fighters. Right. Um, he's been fighting at 155 since then, and he's uh like the the farther along his career has gone the the harder that's gotten for him to do it's been depleting him more and more every fight he's missed weight he's he's been like close to being hospitalized from weight cuts he's just had a really hard time getting down there and when you see him fighting at 170 it makes sense he's humongous yeah he's fighting at 170 he's still cutting to get there
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he's bigger Excuse me. He's bigger than the normal one seventy guy that he was fighting.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that like the weight cutting element of the UFC, um, and as well as like any sport that um, where where weight cutting is mm-hmm. a necessity um, or a supposed necessity, mm-hmm. like it's a game that you have to play. Yeah. And I think that certain people can cut a certain amount of weight and be more successful at a certain weight, right? Yeah. But there's other people that say if they don't cut any weight at all fucking are way more successful because it, because cutting weight, uh, it, it fucks with your body. Yeah. Right. Um, and not just during the weight cut, like even when you have that 24 hours that the UFC, uh, gives you, um, to replenish your body and rehydrate and shit like that, your cardio is still going to be fucked with. Mm -hmm. So if you're someone like a Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar, didn't cut weight really? Yeah. he was, and he was someone who thrived on his cardio. He was someone who could fucking when he was fighting guys like Gray Maynard, who who were cutting more weight. Mm-hmm. He was someone who could outlast them. You know, he who could you know weather the storm for the first couple rounds, and then in the in the championship rounds, could fucking just outwork them and keep just moving pace. because yeah, and keep a pace that nobody else could keep up mm-hmm. with because they're so uh, bogged down by cutting this extra weight yep. and fucking having their bodies seriously depleted fight back against them. So Almost. it's, yeah. Um, yeah. So it can really serve as a, a weakness and a, a, a downside to your yeah. game, especially if you're not doing it right. Yeah. Especially if, you know, you don't have fucking people around you that are telling you what to eat. Yeah. And nutritionists fucking, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and you're out there eating tiramisu, like fucking <laughs> Calabee. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, fucking. Kiesa looks fucking really good. And he was someone who always looked kind of like wiry. Uh, yeah, like he's a he's
0: of... a funky dude. Yeah, just everything the way he fights it's is unorthodox, funky, right? Yeah. Like he's not a, he's not very he's not a very good stand up fighter. He mm-hmm. he's like good enough to get a hold of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you're never gonna be afraid of Michael Kiesa coming out there and outboxing you to a points match. You know what I mean? He's not gonna win a fight. By decision, that's standing up the whole time. It's just not going to happen.
1: Well, and he's also not like hyper athletic either. Mm-hmm. He's not like uh, uh, fuck. Who's the the guy that we just saw the 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 black dude, young, uh, fairly young, but was
0: Aljamine Sterling. Maybe. The style bender, yeah, style style bender. Bender. Israel, Israel yeah, Adesanya,
1: it, yeah, Israel Adesanya, that, yeah, that, that's that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, someone who's just really gifted, athletic, athletic and athlete, crazy, yeah. just crazy fast. Like that's not who Michael Chiesa is, mm-hmm. but Michael Chiesa, to the two things that he does have, fucking crazy jits and a lot of fucking heart. That dude has
0: so much heart. Yeah, it's 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 crazy the amount of times that he has had the opportunity to present that throughout his career already. Do you
1: want to talk do you want to talk about his story uh
0: that, so, that happened in the Ultimate Yeah, when Fighter. he was on the Ultimate Fighter, I don't remember it's like season 13 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, while he was in the house or for people who don't know what the Ultimate Fighter is, I guess a, a bunch of fighters who want to make the UFC go and live in a house together and and they go through a, a tournament style
1: it's a reality TV yeah, show. It's a reality show. And it's like a
0: bracket yeah. style tournament kind of. And the, the winner uh, gets a UFC contract. And there's like two coaches. And they're both UFC fighters that coach the teams. Uh, while he was on the show, he learned that his father passed away. Like while he was in the house. And he basically, they were like, You can leave if you want. We understand. And he was like, no, nah, my dad wouldn't want me to do that. He would want me to stay here and try to win this thing. And it was just super emotional seeing. It was very raw the way they presented him going through it. Um, and I think it just got a lot of people on his side. Mm-hmm. I know I after that happened, I wanted him to win for sure. Right. Uh, and then he ended up winning. Right. And beating guys that were, you know, probably more gifted than he is. Right. Throughout his tenure on the... Th- Neil Magny was in that. Uh, yeah, that and then season, he just right? called him out again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but and but it's just like it's crazy how often throughout his career, that's been such a focal point of him being able to win fights, him being able to fight through adversity, mm-hmm. and and get wins. And then you know, like a couple of fights ago, was the controversial finish uh, with Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee. They they called the fight, and Michael Chiesa didn't tap, and he said he wasn't out, and he thought he could have made it to the end of the round. Yeah, but it was like he probably had you. You know what yeah. I mean? Well,
1: Kevin Kevin Lee had a rear naked choke on him. Yeah, and uh, Michael Chiesa like. Went like this, like his yeah, body was slumped, limp. He yeah. slumped. Uh, and the, the ref called it because he thought that he passed out yeah. and Michael Kessie is like, no, that's something that I do in order to get out of the hold, which I'm not going to
0: say that Michael Kessie is wrong about anything true, with but, that, but
1: like, but like you,
0: are you going to be mad at someone for fucking, yeah, like it's weird, but he showed it again last night. He uh, He escaped an arm bar from Carlos Condit and I think a heel hook like a heel he- hook from he, Carlos he was Condit. going he was
1: going Carlos Condit was going after leg locks yeah. and I, I was saying this while the fight was going on I was like it's it's really uh fascinating to me uh someone who is like a fucking white blow a white belt in jujitsu uh seeing someone who is really gifted in uh, jujitsu mm-hmm. that gets caught in leg locks yeah and is just really calm about it yeah uh, like, because, because uh, for those that don't know about leg locks and shit, like it's it, it can tear your shit up. It can yeah. tear, uh, uh It can tear up your the ligaments in your knees and stuff. Yeah. If you get caught it's in dangerous. the wrong heel hook with the wrong person, because if they fucking tweak that shit too hard, mm-hmm. if they don't know what they're doing, uh, they can fucking put you in the hospital and you yeah. have to get surgery and delay uh, your career. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when like Michael Chiesa is he, he has fucking Carlos Condit on his leg. Who is a yeah. legend? Yeah, um, fucking, <clears throat> and he's just—he was just calm. He was really poised, like in that moment, and he was just—he just kept rolling through, rolling it. through it. And yeah, and it's
0: crazy. It's so fun to watch two dudes fight when they're both good jujitsu practitioners. Mm-hmm. Just the amount of technique you see is crazy. Yeah, but yeah, then he—he he sunk in. So in the second round, Kiesa sunk in a—it was a Kimura, right? Yeah, but he did it with one arm. Yeah. So he started off really, the, kimura. I don't understand jujitsu enough to explain it, but it was, it was super so cool the, looking. I mean, audio <laughs> listeners
1: aren't going to like this, uh, especially if they don't fucking like MMA or Jitsu, yeah. Right. But he, he caught a Kimura, uh, when he was in either Which side is, control or, uh, when he was in half guard, mm-hmm. but he caught a Kimura, put it behind Carlos Condit's back like a normal Kimura, but he let go of his right hand, uh, oh, and, hit. uh, Basically extended Carlos Condit's uh, arm behind his head uh, using his left hand, uh, and fucking placed. So Kiesa put his right hand on Carlos Condit's hip, and then pressured yeah. Carlos Condit's own weight Against onto him. Yeah, yeah uh, in order to fucking finish the submission, it, baby. which uh, uh, he said is something that he yeah.
0: he was like I do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that he's worked on in practice. So I was like, oh, that's that's a pretty cool finish. It's Just like really creative jujitsu is always fun mm-hmm. to watch. Even if you don't know how it works. like me, I, I don't really know how jiu-jitsu works. I just go, that looks like it hurts. Right. That's and it like looks different. I wouldn't
1: want my body to yeah. bend that like way. Even
0: when he first sunk the Kimura, I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm already <laughs> out. No, thank you. And then he did the one-arm nonsense, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, thank you. Jeez. But yeah, it was, it's cool to see him when It's cool to see him at 170. He's the kind of fighter where I wish a 165-pound division existed. Because I bet you he'd be fine fighting at 165. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish they would do that. It'd be dope, but uh, yeah, that was cool to see. But I don't. P.J. I mean, Penn got caught in a heel, a, heel, a heel hook in the prelims. Yeah, it. I mean, he should. Which I think I've, is interesting because uh, Dominic Cruz, who was doing the commentary with Joe Rogan and John Annick last night, during the Michael Chiesa Carlos Condit fight, he was talking about how, uh, he was talking about Carlos Condit's weakness is is his wrestling, not his grappling, but his wrestling. Right. And he was like he has a hard time not getting taken down, and. Lately in his career, guys have been able to expose that. Right. But he's a, he's a very good jujitsu guy. Off his back, too. He's dangerous off his back. But he was talking about how he's not sure if he's been able to keep up with the <clears throat> the movement of jujitsu. Because jujitsu is weird where it goes through, like, styles. And it changes. And legwork. It evolves. It evolves, yeah. Right. And legwork is a really big part of that now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting because because of what I just said right like because of people being sort of afraid
1: to do that yeah uh and now people are becoming growing more comfortable with light work and uh, working heel hooks and yeah fucking but I think it's interesting
0: shit. that somebody like BJ Penn who is by UFC standards ancient mm-hmm. and if we're being honest probably shouldn't be fighting right he's lost six fights in a row and he keeps retiring and coming back Yeah. gets caught in a heel hook which is sort of like a more New age movement kind of thing. I think that's kind of interesting. I like mean, I don't. I'm not saying that heel hooks haven't been around forever, yeah. but it's just popularized now. I
1: mean, yeah. I, I mean, I would. But I I don't think the the problem is as much like BJ not being able to keep up with mm-hmm. the the current styles of jiu-jitsu. I mean, I think that BJ is a fucking. Uh, he's a, he's a legend. He's also yeah, Another legend, especially like amongst the jiu-jitsu world. Yeah, but uh, I I mean, I just I. <laughs> It's sad seeing, like, he just the keeps exact, coming back and losing. But the exact, like, mentality uh, that fighters have, like, uh, that you need to have in order to be a successful MMA fighter is the exact mentality that's not going to let you retire yeah. when you probably should. That's true. And, um, yeah, I just, <clears throat> it's just so many guys um, are are fighting past their, like, even past their their prime, but yeah, yeah, it, it is a little sad. Um, I hope he retires. Yeah, I, for good, like actually retire. <laughs> like,
0: I feel like he could be a really good coach, and you know, like still be around. Yeah, the environment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you want to talk about the 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 fight? Yeah. So okay, so John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson too. It was a saga. So there's a lot of history to John Jones, but basically the more recent stuff to go through because it made this fight week so crazy. Last year, John beat Daniel Cormier mm-hmm. in his return to the UFC. He, he fought over in St. Prue and then beat Daniel Cormier, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. After the fight with Daniel Cormier, he knocked Daniel Cormier with a beautiful head kick, um, got his his belt back. After the fight, it was announced that there was a... a pop in his urine sample for peds then it was like through further performance enhancing drugs yeah sorry through further science it was determined that the thing that was in his system was so small such a small amount of whatever uh, it was in the picogram quantities which is the the number is insane it's people kept comparing it to taking a grain of salt and then splitting it 50,000 times, Mm -hmm. which is crazy that they can even find that in your blood, in your urine. It's crazy. Um, It was also then proven through delegation and court stuff and appeals and all this, that John didn't take steroids knowingly. It was a tainted supplement. So he was taking, you know, like creatine or something like that. And there was some sort of small trace of, um, well, what is it called? Oral. Oral tyrannibal. Tyrannibal. Yes. Oral tyrannibal. So basically what ended up happening was they were like, well, it's in your system. So we have to suspend you. But they lowered his suspension from four years to one year. He was able to come back. This is his fir- first fight back. He's fighting Alexander Gustafson, who the first fight was one of the best fights ever. Hmm. And like a week and was the probably the closest that John's been to the, losing. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, a week ago, it came out that there was, again, pigram amounts of oral bomb Trenobol, Trenobol, oral Trenobol in John's system for two drug tests or that they did, but he was being tested on a regular basis for like over two months. He would be, he'd been tested like six times or something. And they, through science again, because <laughs> we're not smart enough to truly understand all this, through science, they were able to figure out that um, apparently the way this works is it's the same stuff that was in his system over a year ago. And mm-hmm. it could have been there for much longer. Mm-hmm. They don't really know how long it's been in there. But it's, <clears throat> it's, uh, the way they explain it is that it it's a long-term metabolite. So the oral ball creates a metabolite in your blood or in your body that then stays there for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And there's, I've seen different um, people say different lengths. Like I saw somebody talk about a year and a half. I saw somebody say two years. I heard John say up to seven years, which I don't know who's right and who's wrong. And the, and the crazy thing is like, this is the science isn't really that well known yet. There haven't been much in terms of experimentation and, and study into this science. Mm-hmm. So no one really knows how long it's going to be in his system. But uh, they did determine that, again, it, the amount does not give him a, perfor- a performance-enhancing benefit and that it's he didn't take anything new. It mm-hmm. wasn't a reingestion of anything illegal. So the UFC and USADA were like, yes, he can fight. Mm-hmm. The problem was that the Nevada state commission, athletic mm-hmm. commission who sanctions fights, mm-hmm. every state has their own commission. They were like, they wanted to look into it, mm-hmm. but the problem is that it happened over the Christmas holiday. Yeah. So the UFC sort of like preemptively because they were afraid that Nevada wouldn't be able to do it in time. Right. They moved the fight to California mm-hmm. a week before. So mm-hmm. it made just all these logistics nightmares and, a PR nightmare. Mm-hmm. And it made everybody, you know, everyone was like, oh, John's still a cheater. Right. And the UFC is trying to protect him. Mm-hmm. The reason they were able to go to California is because the California State Commission is the commission that worked on his case last year. Right. So they understand the drug and how it works and they understand uh, the science behind it better. Mm-hmm. So they were willing and able to sanction John's fight immediately. So they came and then the fight happened. Whether you believe this science and whether you believe all the stuff that's being said, that's up to you. I mean, I'm, we're not going to convince anybody. I believe it. It's, you know, when you sit and listen to science, people talk about the science of it. It's, is reasonable. Um, also like, it seems weird to me that like John is willing to admit everything he's ever done wrong. He has like no problem talking about the cocaine abuse and the mistakes he's made, but He's so like devoutly denies ever cheating. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm, that's not a reason to believe him. Cause, right. But at the same time, I do. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. weird. Um, how,
1: yeah, I'm not sure how much I believe him. Um, I just, I don't, what I uh, don't believe I got an antivirus uh, <laughs> software now. Did you know that Max can get viruses? Wait, what? Since when? Dude, it, it can happen. Oh my I fucking! Uh, because, like, you know how like sometimes like my uh, my browsers will just like close on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking! Uh, it's like apparently because of a virus. Oh wow. Whatever. Uh, so John Jones, mm-hmm. uh, who's <sighs>
0: okay, controversial.
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna say that he's like the virus of the UFC. Oh, jeez, uh, <laughs> that's that's a little that's a little strong, um, because he fucking. I, I thought about this before the fight. Uh, before Jones and Gustafson, mm-hmm. I was thinking, if Gustafson wins this fight, mm-hmm. is it better for the UFC? How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, not for money. Do you think it's better long term for money? Nope. no, Nope. I think John Jones is uh, whatever you think about his person, his himself, him as a person or his tainted history. He's the best fighter of all time. Mm-hmm. Losing that and the ambiance of that doesn't doesn't help you. Okay. Because I mean, I think that you could sell like
1: and Gustafson is the the person who you know, you know like debatably could have won. Could have won the first yeah. fight uh, through decision, uh, and and if say if he won the second fight like handily, mm-hmm. you know, you fucking, like John and up it, doing it? Could <laughs> be the emergence of yeah, a new star, yeah. you know, and that like that's something that I was thinking about before the fight. And also, I looked to you and I was like, do you do you feel like fucking John Jones is about to lose? Because it
0: just it. it but I told you, I said I always feel like he's going to lose because yeah. it just always feels like everything is stacked against him and. Uh-huh. Whatever you think outside the cage, when he gets in there, he just brushes it all off and puts on impeccable performances. The the fucking John Jones' worst enemy
1: is not Daniel Cormier; it's not no, it's himself. It's him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's almost like like he needs that almost, Mm -hmm. you know. At least that's what the the what what his history has uh, makes me think, you know, Mm -hmm. that like he needs to be sort of self-destructive. Like, he thrives on chaos? Yeah. Like, that's yeah.
0: why he was doing Coke the nights before fights and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, jeez, that would be nuts. Well, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, well, I think he's crazy. Yeah. I
1: think that he's a fucking... I think he's So. Yeah. Which is, like, why, like, I... I mean, I think we both agree on this and it's like kind of ridiculous, but, uh, we fucking, we like the fact that he, he sort of leaned into the villain mentality. Yeah. We want
0: him to do that, uh,
1: more. especially every time that he's interacting with DC Yeah, because DC is it's, like,
0: it's weird. He turns it on and off. Sometimes he's this really boring cookie cutter version of himself where he's just like all glory be to God. I, I couldn't be here without my family. Like the really most basic stuff that you can say as an athlete. Yeah. And then the next second he's like, Hey DC. Daddy's home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking strange. Yeah, um, which is, it's a fun dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the the whole D- DC versus Jones thing. I think that there is a couple problem. Like the reasons where it, why it's not compelling is: are
0: a, it doesn't land. DC's never won because DC can't beat him. Yeah, DC. I, I don't want to say I don't say he can't beat him, but right. he's never he's, beat him. Yeah. And for the most part, John has been pretty dominant in those fights. Yeah, the first fight he out-wrestled him. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the second fight, he set up that that leg kick and have you ever heard him talk about setting that up? No. He literally spent the first two rounds of the fight baiting him into that. Really? Yeah, he's talked about it before. Like they, that was like their game plan was like, hmm. "We know that when we set a certain combination up that DC's going to lean." And he was like, "I was just setting it up throughout the fight. I knew it was going to land that huh. that head kick. He leaned right into it. Put him to sleep." Shit. Yeah, John is one of the smartest fighters. Yeah that you'll ever watch. It's like the, the amount of adapting that he does during fights uh-huh. and in preparation for fights. That's something he talked about after the fight last night where he was like, yeah, I think the difference between the first fight and this fight is that maybe Gustafson is a better fighter now, but he's not a different fighter. He didn't change anything. Right. Whereas I just looked at what, what I had an advantage against him and I used it and uh-huh. just, you know, he was able to get Gustafson to the ground and do John Jones stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's next for John Jones? So, no, most people are going to tell you he's going to fight Daniel Cormier again. Mm-hmm. There's been talk of him fighting Brock Lesnar as a money fight. Um, I don't see him fighting in any fight where there's not a belt on the line. Right. I don't see him pulling a Conor McGregor and just being like, "I'll just fight whoever I want, whatever uh-huh. is going to give me the biggest payday." Yeah. Um, it's weird. Like I, the idea that he has to fight Daniel Cormier again. I get it. It doesn't
1: seem as compelling, right? Because I,
0: he's won uh, the first few fights. So, like, it's not like it's
1: a rubber match and they're
0: trying to so settle things. yeah, that's what's weird. That's what draws away from it. It's like, it's like DC is his rival, but no, John is DC's rival. Mm-hmm. DC is not John's rival. John owns DC. And DC is someone who, outside of what John Jones has done. Is an all-time great. Yeah. It's, I mean, if, if John, John Jones didn't, didn't exist, Daniel Cormier would be one of, if not the best fighter of all time. Mm-hmm fucking light heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion, yeah. champ champ, Olympic medalist. Fucking
1: hasn't lost other than John Jones. Yeah. Um which is yeah, it's it's, it's kind of sad, but like I would still like to see a third fight between them.
0: Well, here's what I think. I think John is going to move up to heavyweight and fight him. Yeah? Yeah. Because one, DC relinquished his light heavyweight belt mm-hmm. before this fight. Right. So the the belt that John now wears cuz he beat Gus last night. Is the light, he is the light heavyweight champion again right. for the third time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that just rolling back them fighting at light heavyweight isn't going to generate as much as John Jones, as John Jones champ, be- champ. trying to become another champ champ.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And the drama of that, of him basically taking everything that Daniel Cormier has earned uh-huh. and just if he just continues to just take everything from him, yeah. that's, a dr- that's a dramatic sellable storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Plus, I think it's always been kind of an inevitable that John will move up to heavyweight Yeah, late in his career. And if he wants to fight Brock Lesnar for a money fight, he moves up, he beats Daniel Cormier, and then he can fight Brock Lesnar for mm-hmm. the belt, even though, I don't know why Brock keeps getting title shots, but whatever. Like, because of money. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, Like, if, if Stipe can't get another heavyweight shot before Brock Lesnar does, that's messed up.
1: Fucking, how crazy would it be? John versus d That'd be awesome. Stipe. Oh my. It would be awesome. God. Or
0: dude. imagine like John versus Francis and or something.
1: Yeah. It'd be wild. Yeah, that would be fun. How, Even big, how big would John get? Fucking, like, I'd, for in heavyweight. That fight, fuck it, how big would John get? For heavyweight. Get big. How big would he be? I mean, he, I 235, feel like pretty, something like that? He'd probably be pretty big. Woo! I mean, <laughs> two brothers. Remember in the when NFL. he
0: powerlifted? Yeah. For that one, for the, that was the over the same proof fight. Remember how big he was and, yeah. he, was, and he cut the two Oh five, but he was powerlifting. Mm-hmm. He was horrifying looking. Yeah. Imagine if he could do like that kind of strength training without worrying about a weight cut. But, uh, if he did fucking fight Francis and fucking, <laughs> how quick is
1: it going to be before Francis gets taken? Down, <laughs> That's That's true. That's fucking- true. Yeah, that you, you, would that could Jones, be Jones. You basically just fucking come out. like... You come
0: out like he did last night. What <laughs> fucking, did you call in a referee a, stance? Yeah, in referee's position. Position, it's a, it's and a, then you don't. And you don't leave it. You just wait there. <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna fucking low single the fuck yeah. out of him. Yeah, Francis definitely needs to put uh, some work into like fucking Randy Couture versus James Tony. Yeah, Ugh. showing. Yeah, Francis needs to show improvement in his wrestling game before I think he'll get another title shot. But he's fighting soon, I think. So we'll be able to see if he's shown any improvement at all Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think to me i think that his next fight will be daniel cormier but i think it's going to be a heavyweight yeah champ champs i think i think that's a fight to make i want to see a champ champ who's actually a champ champ you know what i mean that actually defends their belt in both divisions before like instead of just relinquishing yeah well and it's weird because like half the time the ufc is making them do it i think every time well, D- Daniel Cormier didn't, but
1: well, because they, like we said before, they re- recognize the importance of, of yeah. belts, and it's just you can't have that many fights in a year, especially when you're. It's fighting hard to be them. that
0: active. Like, if Cowboy was a champ, champ, he could do it because he fights like eight times a year. True. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're defending your belt two times in a year, that's good. That's fine with mm-hmm. me. Like, it's not. I don't think that's good like I saw. For the that, UFC, I saw though. a thing that like Dana White was like. I feel like that's not enough turnover for the UFC. <laughs> Like, uh, Dana White, like, it seems like he hates Tyron Woodley. Yeah. But he fought, like, six months ago, and then he got, had a hand injury. Yeah. And I'm not a huge Tyron Woodley fan. I, like, uh, his reign as champion has not been very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Whereas the champion before him, Robbie Lawler, was, like, the most entertaining champion mm-hmm. ever. That yeah. dude put on wars every fight. Yeah. Tyron Woodley really comes out and does these sort of... He knows he can finish anybody, so he just kind of waits. Yeah and he loads up and he waits and it's just not very it's not that fun to watch. Um and he's just really conservative. Yeah, he's as, very as conservative. A champion, yeah. Like. Um but yeah, like to me like if John became the light heavyweight and the heavyweight champion and he defended both belts twice in a year. That would be fine with me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel like there's any hold up to the division that way. Um like I feel like Amanda can do that. If they, I saw if they even keep the 145 women's division. Mm-hmm. because Cyborg's contract there. is up, and no one really else is in that division. Mm-hmm. So I could see them just being like, all right, no more 145 fights. Right. Get Amanda back down to 135. Bring in whoever's next. Yeah. We, we haven't really talked about the John fight as much as the John figure. Uh, it, was, it was like a technician. It was crazy. Like the difference between... The first fight where Gustafson came out and got the early lead and was kind of bothering John with his own length. Mm-hmm. John, I don't think John had ever fought anyone that was similarly sized to him mm-hmm. like that. and uh, Which even like... Even though it
1: is more similar relative to the rest of the league, it's still, it's still a huge advantage for John Jones. Reach advantage for John Jones. Yeah. still. Yeah, John Hammond would love it. Yeah, John Hammond, long boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, he's, he's got like the longest reach in yeah. the UFC, right? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this fight, for whatever reason, John was just able to establish his reach much better. Uh, Dominic Cruz kept calling it kick range was Mm -hmm. the reason throughout the fight. He was utilizing his kicks Mm -hmm. to keep Gustafson just far enough away. Right. And it was like basically two rounds of avoiding Gustafson strikes. Yeah. And and there was was certain
1: times where I was like, it seems like John is being like. Holding back, right? Yeah, conservative. There was
0: entire like maybe like minute and a half portions where he didn't throw anything. Uh Where he was just kind of, you know, moving. Yeah. Moving, moving. But yeah, like like I said before, John's such a smart fighter that you know in those times he's, especially those first couple of rounds, he's just gathering information. Mm-hmm. And he tried to go for some takedowns early, mm-hmm. and he wasn't landing them. And then once the third round hit, he caught him, got him to the ground, did some mean-looking stuff on. He got him in a half Nelson, and like he just it looked uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. then he just did the John. He got, yeah, he got thing. him in a half ground, Nelson ground transition ground from him. the the
1: half the half Nelson. Yeah. Uh, to like almost getting his back and then he just fucking well it was interesting in the, in the replacing
0: home. like he got the takedown I think he was in side control yeah and then and then uh, Gustafson well, tried he, rolling through yeah the side well control. he used and then John used like a really strong elbow mm-hmm. to basically make Gustafson go to his back give him his back he like Gustafson didn't want any part of those elbows because he was trying to put him in a crucifix mm-hmm. hit him with an elbow a front crucifix yeah like the salivary position sure yeah <laughs> and uh once he hit that elbow, you could tell Gus and just was like, I can't be here. The fight will end. Mm-hmm. So he tried to roll and ju- gave John his back. And that was when, you know, it was just, it was over. But yeah, it was a fun fight. It was an interesting fight. Not as fun as the Amanda fight that lasted, what did I say, 51 seconds. Mm-hmm. That was nuts. And not as fun, I don't think. it. W- it wasn't anywhere near the most fun fight of the night. Like, of the main card, I think three fights were more fun. I think the Chad Mendez versus Volkan Volkanovsky. I think his name mm-hmm. is Volkanovsky from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, that fight was really fun. Um, Chad, or I mean, Michael Kiesa's fight was fun yeah. in kind college of the jujitsu back and forth. And then Amanda's was just nuts. Yeah. So yeah. Well, then it was a fun fight of the evening, but it was just technically very interesting Yeah, and a showcase of how good John is. Um, I'm interested to see where things go. I'm hoping that through the next like month, two months, cause he, he did voluntary drug testing over the week and has been randomly tested even more. And there's a hearing about all of this next month. And he's been, t- he's talked about how, <clears throat> uh, how much he wants to go there and be as open as he can to try to put this all behind him. And I just hope from now on, there's mo- no more out of the ring stuff. I just want to see John fight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I agree.
0: Yeah. Fun night of fights though
1: Yeah
0: Cool Moving on Moving on You got any other sports stuff You want to talk about
1: uh, The Magic beat the Raptors And I have
0: no <laughs> idea How the fuck to, no, Actually Kyle Lowry was out So that was the only Kyle reason Kyle Lowry was out When he played them too though mm-hmm. They beat us They ended our five game win streak yeah, dude. I, don't, I don't know who we are. That was a really good game though That yeah. game was nuts yeah. Uh yeah, dude. It's, sometimes that just happens. I feel like they were on. I told you, dude. They flew to Miami for a away game. They probably went to live, got <laughs> crunk. Then they probably went to Disney World the next day, got crunk, and then they played the Magic and they were just tired. Yeah. Except Kawhi. Kawhi wasn't tired. Kawhi is a robot.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: everyone else is a normal human yeah. and, and had do, too you, much and fun. Do you
1: think uh Kawhi is going to live? Nah, dog. <laughs>
0: No, nah, Kawhi's got to go plug in
1: for the night. <laughs> no, nah, dude, he's probably, like, in the hotel watching Murder, She Wrote.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Laughing? Doing his laugh at it? <laughs> 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 yeah. Basketball's been heating up, though. So, it's, like, it's kind of weird. It's, like, officially basketball season now for, like, normal people.
1: You know what I mean? What do you mean? I
0: feel like normal people that, like like, there's, like, there's like people who watch basketball during the playoffs only. Yeah. Then there's like normal basketball fans who like dabble in basketball and they start they're like, "Oh, Christmas. That's when the basketball season starts." Oh, okay. Christmas. Okay. But then there's like freaks like us who watch like every game all season right. and then watch summer league games and nonsense. I think basketball is like officially now like oh, you'll you'll see more of it on TV like in terms of like ESPN talking about it and all this kind of stuff. You'll see hear people talking about it more often, I think. And I think that games games and and I think sample sizes of what's happening throughout the season now matter more. So like uh who's who's a good example of somebody slumping this year? The Jazz? Yeah, the uh, I mean
1: they they picked it up uh for the uh, last few games, like yeah. they're they're I'm talking about more like it. an individual. Oh,
0: okay. Um I guess Clay a little bit. Yeah, Clay. Until last night. Yeah, dropped like 32 last night. He said thank you to his hand. He said, "I miss, <laughs> I miss you" to his hand. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like people who have been slumping all season, now you have to start worrying about like is it a long-term problem? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or teams too. Like if yeah. they're teams who aren't playing up to snuff. Yeah. The problem with saying like the Jazz is that the entire Western Conference is just crazy. True. It's like every single team and then the Suns who
1: suck. And because uh, every, like the Western Conference is so competitive and there's so much parity in the Western Conference, it makes being in the playoffs even more reachable, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not the like Kings because might make everybody's the winning but also everybody's losing.
0: The Kings could make the playoffs. The yeah. Mavs could make the playoffs right mm-hmm. now. Like it's that tight. And there's no
1: reason for the Kings not to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Because they they there's no reason for them to tank
0: because they don't have their um Oh, okay. I so see. you're picked. saying there's no reason for them to not try to make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have their own pick. Mm-hmm. What are you tanking for? There's no reason to tank. Exactly. And you got super team just young. Super team just young, <laughs> baby. Um, You know who I think is kind of slept on the Pacers.
1: Yeah, nobody. Really you know talks they're like. The
0: you know they're third in the East right now. Yeah, they're ahead of Boston and they're mm. ahead of Philly. Hmm.
1: Because
0: I was looking at the standings last night, because the Heat had been on a bit of a tear. So you mm. know, that's cool uh we're fifth right now or sixth. sorry we're sixth right now but we're like three and a half games behind boston so there's like it's kind of the first five teams are kind of close yeah and then there's like a three and a half game leap to us and i think we have like a one game lead on the next team or something half uh-huh. game lead. um but yeah I, I saw how good the pacers record was and i was like how come no one talks about them as a potential eastern contender well it's they're indiana Dude, Indiana is like the a, biggest basketball state in the country, though. To Indiana, <laughs> that's true. To Indiana, true. but not to uh, yeah. the rest of the world. You yeah,
1: know? and uh, uh, the, and their <laughs> biggest star is Victor Oladipo, who's someone who emerged late as a star. Yeah, um, and yeah, like it, it's just they they don't get
0: uh, their. It's, it's just not a market. The, yeah,
1: the, the, well, they just. There isn't enough lip service to fucking.
0: Yeah, they're not in a big market, and they the don't, and they don't have Giannis. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, the other teams in the East, Boston's a huge market, Philly's mm-hmm. a big market. I think Toronto's a pretty big market. Yeah, they, they basically have all of Canada. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's kind of a drop off. Milwaukee's a small market, but they have a guy who could be the potential MVP. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think I haven't been able to watch Indiana at all this year, but so I can't really speak to their play style or anything. But they have good players, I think and they have Oladipo.
1: I think that they're a team that knows who they are. Yeah, and they're a team that you know, kind of, they over succeeded last year. You mm-hmm. know, like it was kind of a surprise because of the rise of, of Victor Oladipo, Depot, yeah. um, who was the most improved player yeah. last year, right? Yeah. Uh, easily. Yeah, um, handily won MIP last year. Uh, emerged as a star. Fucking. And the team rose with that. Yeah, you know they're they're a team that because they lost Paul George, everyone they did like, it. You well, know what though? You know. I don't know
0: who the, what their GM's name is, but re- remember how like bashed he got when they made that trade? Right. Paul George for Victor Oladipo and Demontis Sabonis. Mm-hmm. It's worked out great for them. Mm-hmm. It, like it, that's one of the most like worked out for both teams thing yeah. and that I can remember in recent history. Yeah, because Paul George is playing out of his mind right now for mm-hmm. the Thunder. Not only that, but he stayed there. Nobody thought he was gonna stay there. Yeah. He stayed in Oklahoma City. He's playing amazing. Yeah. Their defense is disgusting in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And then over in Indiana, Oladipo's become a superstar. And Sabonis is a really good player for them. And you know, pair that with you know Miles Turner, who's probably their second best player, I would guess. I, I
1: would think I would think that he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I think it's debatable between him and Sabonis, right? Now. Sabonis comes off the bench think, though. Huh? Right? Uh yeah, but well, like I think people there's a lot of uh, talk within the community of the Pacers about mm-hmm. like who should start. Like, uh, should they be playing Sabonis more than Turner? Oh okay, like interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean they're a team that you know competed last year really mm-hmm. well. Um, they were the fourth seed last year. I think so, right? Uh, yeah, they were the fourth seed last year, and they basically for the most part <clears throat> rolled everybody back. Fucking, yeah. yeah, brought everybody They lost Bogdanovich,
0: I think. Um, Bojan, not Bogdan.
1: Where, where's Bogdanovich at now?
0: I don't know. Are
1: you sure? That the I might be wrong, ones? but I think that. Like, uh, they also picked up uh, Tyreek Evans, right? Yes, they did. Um, Which was a fairly good pickup for them. Like a, a, a good...
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm wrong. He's still there. Yeah. I'm an idiot.
1: Um, <laughs> and he's like the best shooter on the planet right now, right? Like he's got
0: the highest three-point shooting percentage. Bogdanovich he does? Th- mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, which is crazy because last year... Their point guard did. Uh, what's his name? Collison. Yeah, Collison had the highest sh- three point shooting percentage in the league. He shot like fifty percent from three last year. It's nuts. He's really selective with when he shoots. Right. But I mean, sure, go ahead. <laughs> that <laughs> works. Sure, sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, a lot. Of, yeah, they don't get talked about enough. You know what? Sure. You know what I like about the the Pacers story is Victor Oladipo. I like that. He's an excellent example of someone that you can look to
1: and be like, see, look, see. That's this is why this is ch-
0: why you you're patient.
1: Yeah, this is why you shouldn't give up on young players. Yeah,
0: like the the amount of people that you hear talking about 21 and 22 year old players like they're busts. Yes, is so crazy. And I think a a good example that's like personal to to my fandom is Justice Winslow right now. Right, Justice is playing great, mm-hmm. and I mean the sample size is small, and we'll see how long it continues, mm-hmm. but. He's only 22 years old. Yeah, the the uh, the fact that in his third season, people were like, oh, "He's a bust. Move him. Move him while you still can." Right, It's so crazy to me. Yeah, you see, like it's you'll hear, you know, ex players and stuff talk about how it takes five to six years to really blossom into who you're going to be in the league. Mm-hmm. You just need to give these players time, and mm-hmm. it drives me like the the Dennis Smith Jr. thing. Right. The there was a report that other teams are reaching out to the Mavericks. About whether or not they'll trade Dennis Smith Jr. and it's like, why would they give up on him? What? What? In what world? He's in his second year. In what world is it bad to have him and Luca?
1: Because it's it's not like they're both at the same. It's not like they're both you know centers and fucking they're competing for the same position. Yeah, it's not like Mo Bamba
0: and Vucevic. Yeah, like (laughs) it's not.
1: It's not like uh, you know they're competing for the same spot and they can't exist on the floor together. They can absolutely be on the floor together. Like if,
0: if Russell Westbrook can play alongside Paul George, Mm -hmm. there's no reason why Dennis Smith jr. Can't play alongside. Why do you say that? Because I feel like one, Dennis Smith jr. Is very much like Russell. Okay. And then Paul George is another guy who thrives with the ball in his hands, but Russ has no problem with giving them those opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Luca thrives. Thrives, thrives, thrives with the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the argument of not having Dennis Smith Jr. is because Dennis Smith Jr. isn't great off the ball.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: But like you always say this, just because two guys are better with the ball in their hands doesn't mean that you only have one guy that's good with the ball in there. Yeah. I, I
1: just, I, the whole ball dominant uh, thing that people are reaching for, like that narrative that mm-hmm. people are trying to put out there. I just, I, I don't agree with it. It doesn't sit with me. Well, I, I think that it's kind of, I just think it's kind of dominant. I don't agree mm-hmm. with it. Um, I think that the reason I, I think that people are, are, are seeing a symptom and diagnosing it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. I think that like you're 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 seeing a fever and you're like, oh well, it's fucking AIDS. You're like, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it's it's, it's not. It's a fever. Maybe you just have a fever, you know. Um, like when, so, so I we were listening to a podcast last night on the on uh the ride home, uh the ringer was saying that Ben Simmons should be traded away from the Sixers. That was what? Right? What? Which is wild. Is what? wild, right? But uh the i would say a um a good reason right um for Ben Simmons not being able to coexist with Jimmy Butler and, and Joel Embiid. Embiid is not because he's ball dominant it's Maybe because he can't shoot he can't shoot yeah that's the reason yeah you know so stop saying like ball dominant when it's really just the inability for someone to shoot
0: yeah it's it's, it's like the reverse it's like if you if you can't work off the ball it takes away from your the cohesiveness exactly yeah
1: exactly um yeah. So the the, the whole b- ball dominant thing, especially like when uh, when the Rockets picked up Chris Paul, mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying like, oh, these are two ball dominant people. Yeah. Like it's only like, one ball. Oh, there's only ball. one ball. Hold on. Hold on. You're gonna tell me that two guards, right, who can both shoot and pass and really fucking well and, and dribble drive. really fucking well, can't exist on the floor together yeah. because of offensive problems? Yeah. It's weird. What? It's weird. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, well, uh, what were we talking about? Like, I feel like, like Dennis Smith Junior.
0: and um, even like the Heatles era. Like, D- Dwayne Wade is historically not a good shooter, like th- th- from three. Yeah, if he was able to coexist with LeBron and Chris Bosh, mm-hmm. yeah, like, um, but like
1: uh, playing devil's advocate here with uh, talking about evaluating players' talent mm-hmm. and you know giving up on them early, I think that uh the business of the NBA in and, and trying to assess a player's talent, a lot of people are worried that, you know, they invested in the wrong stock. Yeah. And they want to cut their losses early. Yeah. Um, and also just because, like, say someone like Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. right? Victor Oladipo is a great example of someone who blossomed later on in their career. It took him five, six years. And he credits Russell Westbrook to it. And exactly. And that I think that's a really good point. He said that if he didn't play with Russell Westbrook in OKC yeah. that he wouldn't have been able to do what he's doing in Indiana right mm-hmm. now so even if he stayed with like Orlando yeah would he have become who drafted him yeah. second overall or whatever yeah. it was um th- would he have been as successful as he is now in Indiana
0: probably not probably not mostly cuz it just seems like the magic are bad at developing players yeah at least have been. And not just seen. They are. They're yeah. bad at developing players. Yeah. yeah. And then they have that thing where, like, if they do have a good player, they always lose them.
1: Mm hmm. When they do become superstars, they always yeah. lose
0: them. Yeah. Like, it, it almost makes it guaranteed Vucci's going to get traded. Yeah. Vucci, he, Vucci's because he's, just too, playing, good. he's, he's too, too good. good. He's too good. He's too good for the Magic. Right? Dropped that 30 28 the mm-hmm. other night. That dude's balling. Mm-hmm. He might make the All Star team. Maybe. We'll see. But yeah. Basketball's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there were, there were tournament games last night in college football. Let's I don't, I don't know if you know about this. I don't football. know if you know anything about, about football. We can talk about it a little bit. Well, I just, I believe I said it on the podcast that Alabama was going to win by double digits. Yeah. And happened. they won by double digits. Now I will say they jumped out to a 28, nothing lead. Oklahoma fought back. Right. We, we didn't watch it, but I was keeping track of it on report watching the score. I when I saw it was 28 nothing, I was like, "Oh god. How ugly is this going to get?" Mm-hmm. Cuz it's already really ugly. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma much fought back. Then I think it ended up being 45 to 34 with the final score. Right. And Kyler Murray played bonkers. Mm-hmm. He had like 300 something yards passing, over 100 yards rushing. The problem was that Tua also played amazing. He mm-hmm. I think he only threw like three incompletions. He threw more touchdowns than then incompletions. It's, it's stupid. stupid yeah. It's stupid how good they are. And then of course, Clemson murdered Notre Dame. So, so did too. like
1: Bama like switch up their style as far as, like, are they throwing a lot more? Yeah. They opened year? up their offense this year. Is it just because Tua. they have to? Yeah. Yeah.
0: They went from, so like in the Nick Saban era, they went from having the vanilla white dude at quarterback. Who's good at handing the ball off. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the, like our high school almost <laughs> <Like> <laughs> when we just would give Tevin the ball every play. Um. And they would, you know, they would throw. They, they had play action games, and they, but they didn't throw very often. Mm-hmm. Then, in the last like year or two, they had. Um, oh my God! What's his name? The guy with the dreads. Jalen Hurts. Yes, Jalen Hurts. Nice, good for you. Yeah. Uh, they had Jalen Hurts, who is a really good runner. So they inf- they brought that into their game a bit. They brought the quarterback running into the game a bit more. They right. still mostly ran the ball but they were able to make it a little bit more dynamic with him. Then in the national championship game last year, they benched Jalen Hurts because they were down multiple scores at halftime. And Tua came in and was like, oh, by the way, (laughs) I throw it like I'm in the big 12 (laughs) for an SEC team. And it was like, uh, (laughs) not fair, not fair. Nick Saban, Mm -hmm. not fair. The one thing that they didn't need to make things like, you think parody in the NBA is bad. Yeah college football is a joke. Mm -hmm. Every season, you know, or at least can, you can put money on the fact that Alabama is going to be in the title game Mm -hmm. and they're probably going to win. And it's probably going to be against Clemson. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the, the bad thing about college football versus (laughs) like something like the NBA, like the, the are potentially, this is going to be like their last season where they're going to be a perennial, almost a lock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because of salary, you yeah. know, you, they they There's can't no salary in college football. It's yeah. just how good they can, can you just recruit? keep running it back and how, keep recruiting. All well, these I mean, players.
0: Nick Saban has a cloning machine, and I think that's how he does it. Yeah, he just keeps cloning his players. Mm-hmm. He's like a Marvel villain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he sucks. I mean, he's great at his job, <laughs> but he sucks. <laughs> but the, the 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 bleak outlook, the parody thing. Clemson's quarterback is a true freshman. He looks like Kelly Olenek, but he's a true freshman. <laughs> He's got the long hair. <laughs> <laughs> he's skinny too. That dude is skinny. Uh so he's got at least two more years with Clemson. Mm-hmm. Tua only has one more year at Alabama before he can go pro. But guess what? You know who's next? His brother. They recruited his brother.
1: Makes sense. Is his name Thria?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> Dumbass joke. <laughs> That's a bad joke.
1: Uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Florida also put that.
0: Do we put down. that beat down on Michigan? Oh my god, I just I was not <laughs> expecting that. I was not expecting that. Like I thought it would be like a like most Florida games, I thought it would be like just a struggle. You know yep. what I mean? Like every game is just defensive struggles and and really fucking competitive. And we yeah we yeah. just run the ball a lot, which yeah. we did. We ran all over them. Yeah, we just torched them on the ground. Felipe had ninety rushing yards. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. that boy. Yo, there's something about Gator defensive backs who are going to the NFL, balling out in their last game. I went to. Urban Meyer's last game as the Gators coach. Mm-hmm. And it was also Joe Paterno's last game as Penn State's coach. Mm-hmm. That was a bowl game.
1: But they didn't – did they realize it at the time? Did it, or was he No, already... it was kind of the reason
0: it was his last game was because of the scandal. Uh-huh. So he was retiring. Right. That game was in Tampa Bay, and I went with a couple of friends, and Ahmad Black got a pick six. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the coolest thing because, like, he pointed – up in the section we were sitting we were like he's pointing at us <laughs> he's pointing at us but that game was like super hype and then Chauncey Gardner got two picks yesterday and a pick six there's something about these dudes that are leaving in a bowl game just balling out mm-hmm. I'm into it that's dope yeah go Gator I hope I think that uh, Dan Mullen is very good our, our coach mm-hmm. I think Dan Mullen's really good Yeah. he uh, he put the what do you call it like when you beat someone up, but you're just coaching? Because he beat up Jim Harbaugh yeah, through his coaching.
1: Outclassed.
0: Yeah, he outclassed him. Yeah. Which is like, you know, Jim Harbaugh is like the cream of the crop. Yeah. Go Dan and You know, it was fun. Today's important in football, too. NFL, it's the last day of the regular season. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, didn't know that. Of course you didn't. <laughs> There's actually like the amount of games that matter today is crazy. Like the Dolphins game means nothing. Cause you know, we blew it and the bills suck. So that's fun. Mm. But there's something like the entire AFC playoff bracket is up in the air. Like four spots are locked in, like four teams are locked in, but no's position in the seating is locked in. Mm. Everything could shuffle today, mm. which is crazy. Um, and then, like the biggest game is kind of a bummer. The they moved the night game. They moved Colts Titans to the night game because the winner is in. Yeah, winner of the game makes the playoffs. But Marcus Mariota is probably not going to play. So it's like hurt or yeah, he has a stinger in his shoulder apparently, and they fear that any kind of contact could lead to a long term injury. Yeah. Yikes! And I feel like Marcus Mariota gets hurt a lot. Still, I bad. don't really know how good he is. Still better than Jameis Winston. Yo, they, I saw a thing this morning that says they're going to bring him back to be their starter next year. Good,
1: good they're going to fire Bucks. their coach for sure, though. Good job, Bucks. Keep throwing We're picks, gonna, baby. Well, <laughs> dude, Jameis Winston We're doesn't – We're going to switch our quarterbacks so
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually it'll work. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep throwing picks, Jameis Winston. He throws more pick sixes than, like, normal picks, I think. That dude throws so many pick sixes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, football's important today. I'm hyped for the playoffs. The playoffs are going to be fun. Um, also, I am hyped for... I don't know if I'm hyped for it, but Clemson, no, Clemson, Alabama is usually a fun game. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, you want to talk about some non-sports stuff?
2: Let's
0: do it. I'll give you the option of which horror film to talk about first. Mm. Jordan Peele's upcoming second Project Us or Let Me Be Frank?
1: Uh... Let's talk about "Let Me Be Frank" first,
0: because that's a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, w- okay, for y- people who don't y- know y- what what "Let Me Be Frank" is, <laughs> Kevin Spacey was just recently charged with um, felony sexual assault of a minor. Uh, he apparently assaulted uh, like a 16 year old boy. <clears throat> the timing of it is weird. Literally like around the exact same time on the exact same day, he released a YouTube video called let me be Frank where he is speaking as his character from house of cards, Frank Underwood and simultaneously addressing his real life and Frank's life. Mm -hmm. It's very strange because, because on house House of cards, when all this stuff about Kevin Spacey came out, they, they released him from the show. They wrote him out of the show, and they apparently—I haven't watched the last season. Apparently, it's not very good. Right. But apparently, they wrote him out of the show by killing him off screen. Mm-hmm. It was weird. So, I, so I, I, just, weird. I just watched it this morning. This and, YouTube video is so weird.
1: Uh, it's, it's, it's really creepy because it's on Kevin Spacey's YouTube yeah, channel, his personal YouTube channel, right? Uh, which. I don't know if you've looked at the other videos that he has on there. It's mostly, like, I, it, I think that he has a production company, and he releases a lot of, like, clips and trailers oh, okay. uh, of the stuff that he produces, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and there's other, like, weird shit, like him uh, talking, like sending uh, videos back and forth to, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Djokovic, uh, the tennis player. Novak Djokovic? Yeah, Novak Djokovic. Okay. Um, uh, fucking... So, Whatever, <laughs> uh, but it's on his YouTube. personal yeah. YouTube, and it's something that like it's it's literally just one shot, and it's like a three minute monologue, and he's talking as Frank Underwood, and it seems like something that like y- you could just record with like two people. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I I I felt cr- like creepy. You yeah. know, like like can I, I tell you like my weird shameful thought I had after what? I watched it. I was like, he's so fucking good at acting. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything to be ashamed <laughs> he's of. He's so good at acting, he dude. He is an amazing actor. There, You can't <laughs> like, deny... Like, that video is so creepy and weird, but at the same time, it's, like, so impressive. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I don't think that the, you should be ashamed of, yeah. like, recognizing that Kevin Spacey <clears throat> has talent. There's a reason yeah. that he's been fucking... Uh, th- that he's existed yeah. in the industry, you know what I mean. The, the the man went to Juilliard. Yeah, he's fucking. He's an incredibly good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar nominated too, right? Yeah, like there's, probably. Uh, fucking. It, it's it's just creepy. It's, it's, it's super it, creepy. <laughs> um, and it's. Is there any chance that he like he was never in the wrong? I doubt it. I mean. It's just—it's so easy to like to, to just attribute There've like, been, oh, like like he's tainted now. We're going like to a lot of times. Well, a lot of times you hear about exile. That. You know? Yeah,
0: you, yeah, that happens. It seems like in Hollywood where it's like someone gets accused of something, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they get lambasted and they get the court of public opinion gets a hold of them and right. uh, they kind of lose everything. Chris Hardwick is kind of a good example of that. Uh, there was a, that thing written about Chris Hardwick, and it was like, oh, it was very surprising. And then like, uh, AMC was like, yeah, we're not going to put you on TV. And they did a, AMC did like an intercompany, uh, they like dug into it all. They did a, an investigation into it and then they let him back on later. But even then, like his Instagram, he didn't allow comments on his Instagram until very recently. I think like it was just something where no, nothing ever came of it legally. Mm-hmm. So you, you just don't really know, you know what I mean? Like to this day, maybe Chris Hardwick did do those things. I don't know. I hope he didn't obviously I hope no one does things like that but the the thing that um, was written about him was very um, convincing and highlighted some really strange behavioral stuff Um, but the difference is that Kevin Spacey has now been charged with it he's going to court for this right and apparently there's video evidence of it hmm yeah so, I mean, I, I I don't want to like, I don't want to be that person that every time someone gets accused of something, it's like, oh, get them out. You know, they're evil. You want there to be some level of. But you, you um, also have
1: to recognize the, <clears throat> the inherent uh, 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 need that, that people have. And I, I have it as well. I don't think that anybody's without it to, you know. virtue signal to be like, Oh, I'm not a bad person. Yeah. Therefore. So you have a tendency of like, of demonizing someone. Yeah. But I mean, it's, that is a, it's, it's a dangerous game Mm -hmm. that you're playing. Um, especially if
0: someone's innocent. Yeah, Um, exactly. You could ruin someone's life. Yeah. Um, and it, the problem with it is that there have been people who have falsely accused people of sexual assault and stuff mm -hmm. and then been caught doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, it gets turned around and they get sent to jail or whatever. Yeah. So it's not something that doesn't happen. So you're like, you like, you don't want to be the person that's like, Oh, you know, so-and-so says this happened to them by mm-hmm. so-and-so get them out. You, yeah. you want there to be some level of, uh, you know, letting actual, you know, the court decide and stuff like that. The problem is the time it takes for those things compared to the immediacy of the internet and of Hollywood. It's just this weird contrast. And, um, Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, we'll know for sure in the coming months, I guess, about Kevin Spacey. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's not a good outlook.
1: Well, and it was also incredibly weird when a lot of these allegations came out Mm -hmm. that he was like, was like, sorry guys, I'm gay.
0: Yeah, everything about the way it's been handled is so bad. Yeah. He tried to blame himself being a closeted gay person. For sexually assaulting someone. Yeah. It's like... It's, it's like... I don't give a fuck ch- if you're gay, dude. Yeah, like, it's super weird. Yeah. Very um. weird. Oof. But yeah, that video is super creepy. Uh,
1: Yeah, so... Moving on. Talk about us?
2: Let's talk about... <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Not us. Yeah, but the movie Us. us. Directed by Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. the writer-director of Get Out. And
1: you might know him from Key and Key Peele. Key and Peele, the sketch comedy show.
0: Mm-hmm. The movie looks spooky. Looks good. Mm. I mean, we talked about it before. I'm not a big horror person. I really like to get out.
1: Yeah, me and uh, Jamie were talking last night. Shout out Jamie Cunningham. Uh, <laughs> me and Jamie were talking last night about... Uh, we were talking about your... Uh, aversion to, to horror movies and yeah. how much you dislike Sleepaway Camp and yeah. fucking how much you don't like horror movies and stuff. And yeah. I was like, that's why like I get excited when something like Us comes out because I know that you're going to get excited to see it. Yeah. Um, and you're going to suspend some disbelief mm-hmm. um, because you trust in Jordan Peele. Yeah.
0: Um, but, uh, yeah, the it's weird. trailer- like, is, Us is clearly a horror movie. Yes. A get Out To Me isn't a horror movie. You don't think so? No, it's more of a thriller than anything. Uh, I think- yeah, I, I, would, I He classifies
1: it as a, a social thriller, right? Yeah. Um, I think so, so I I think that's yeah, that, that's a mm. the the best. Yeah.
0: But you're right. Like I I, of it. I trust in what Jordan Peele has. But done. it does it for sure has horror elements. Yeah, for sure. It does, um, yeah. I also
1: don't think that anybody who calls it a comedy, I don't think that it's a comedy either. Um, no, it's it has comedic elements. Yeah, it, it has comedic relief. Yeah. Didn't but it get
0: nominated for like a Golden Globe in comedy or something last year? That's weird.
1: I think. That people are misattributing it as a comedy because of um, Jordan Peele's history. history. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean he was a fucking sketch comic. Yeah, Uh, and probably had one of the the greatest uh, sketch comedy TV shows on Comedy Central since the Chappelle Show. Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, us.
1: Us, uh, Fucking really good trailer. Yeah, really good trailer. really good trailer. Um, do you know offhand uh, the people that are in it? Uh, Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o. Winston Duke. Winston Duke, who, uh, who was played
0: um, uh, M'Baku. Man, M'Baku, yeah. Yeah, man named M'Baku in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So two Black Panther actors. Um, Elizabeth Moss is in it. Scientologist extraordinaire. Um, I, don't I don't know, know the kids. The... Yeah. That's basically it. Right. Because... The spooky thing about the trailer is that the creepy creatures, the creepy the creep outs, the creepos, yeah, is them. Right. It's mirror it's mirrors of themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um so the the trailer opens up with like them driving in a car and talking about rap music or mm-hmm. something, right? Um put five on it. Yeah. I put five on it. What's five on it mean? Uh yeah. <laughs> it's a song about selling drugs. It's it's not, not about, about drugs. drugs. It's a dope song. Yeah. Um <laughs> but the The song keeps playing throughout the trailer, and it's it after that <coughs> part in the car, it gets really slow, mm-hmm. and like the, and it's I guess it's like piano that's in the background of the song, like it's slow. Oh, they down. do it's that like, cool like
0: orchestral do, do, ver- do, do, version do, of the song, yeah. Do,
1: do, do. It's fucking really slow and creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of like reverb on the vocals. I don't know mm-hmm. if you like heard that. It, it's it's fucking really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the creepiest thing about it is the idea of someone seeing themselves. Right. And like but the fact that you have these killer ass actors, like there's a, a well,
0: it, I there's don't know how the many thing at the end with Lupita, Lupita? Nyong'o
1: spook mm. alert. She's doing, she's doing some like weird smiling, <laughs> creepy. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's scary. Yeah. Um, it looks really interesting. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. Yeah. It looked the, good. The dude. Yeah.
0: Winston. I, I'm glad Winston Duke is getting some work. Yeah, I like Winston Duke. He's
1: well. He's he's somewhat. Uh, I've heard on podcasts people are compa- he's saying he's like a black Tom Hardy. I think that's pretty
0: fair. Ooh,
1: I think that's pretty fair. Interesting because he has like a like a like a a, a macho sense about him when he's on screen. He's a big dude. Uh, yeah, he's well. He's a really big dude, but like the way that he can like just sit. Um, it, 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 and take up space in a scene that physical that nature sense. that Tom Hardy has yeah, yeah. um that yeah that it, it's it, like it's beyond just like b- being big and being yeah. like manly
0: and scary it's not just that no it's that. different than that it's
1: it's it's a sense of like confidence Yeah that they
0: both carry it's a it's a presence it's a feeling mm-hmm. I'm trying to i I've, I've heard yeah he went to Yale did you know that holy shit yeah he really? went to Yale i saw that the other day I was like that's crazy Good for good for you, Winston Duke. Also has a dope name, Winston Duke. Winston too. Duke's a good name. a yeah. Good name. Yeah, I, I think it's cool to see him get some more work. Does that baseball bat bit?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he's like 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 that. Co- he's like cocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that movie's gonna be cool. I think that <clears throat> I think this movie's coming out before it. So like, Get Out combined with however this movie comes ends up being is it's gonna be very informative. I think to the Twilight Zone remake that he's doing, that Jordan Peele is doing. I think just him sort of showing the more um, variety that he shows in his filmmaking, I think, is going to speak to what his version of Twilight Zone can be.
1: So is he doing a show or a movie? He's producing a Twilight Zone show. Okay. That's fucking really cool. Yeah. Because, like, he is, I mean, Get Out was very Twilight zone Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Rod Serling, uh, the creator of Twilight Zone. To- Twilight Zone's fucking like near and dear to my heart. I fucking love Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, but Rod Serling was someone who, uh, was using his show, like, was using sci-fi and horror and that kind of mm-hmm. shit to, uh, you know, uh, talk about social things. Yeah, to, to talk it's about social. Black and political
0: Mirror things. is the closest thing that we have now mm. to the Twilight Zone. Yeah,
1: it, Black Mirror is a modern day Twilight yeah. Zone, and it, but it's more about uh, technology. Yeah. Um. And through technology I've only seen one addressing Addressing
0: um, Social issues And fucking political yeah. issues um, I've only seen one episode Of Black Mirror But it was amazing Which one did you see? Uh, it was with Dommel Gleeson uh, Oh I haven't seen that one yet I've uh, heard about like a. Uh, do you but, know the gist of it? He's a robot He's not a robot But there's robots There's a robot Does he fall in love With a robot? Yeah Is Oscar Isaac in it? No <laughs> Sounds familiar <laughs> Uh, and what's her name? Haley Atwell is also in that episode. Oh yeah, Peggy Carter from the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. She is the his his wife. Yeah, it's very good. Um,
1: but uh, Jordan Peele is someone who I mean is basically doing exactly what um, Rod Sterling
0: did, mm-hmm. right? With with Get Out, he was he, using genre to address social social yeah. issues and mm-hmm. social ideas. Yeah, I wonder like what us is going to be socially, you know, like social politically. Mm-hmm. what is us going to be addressing? Yeah.
1: Because like get out, um, addressed race.
0: A yeah. Lot, right. Like,
1: like the, the idea of race mm-hmm. and like the, uh, and microaggressions yeah. and, and a, a lot of shit like that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, if, if the antagonist is themselves, then that's going to be dived into, right? Yeah, for like sure. that's because for sure. like the, the main, um, antagonist or, or, or like the, the, the worst part mm-hmm. of Get Out like the most scary part the sunken place yeah. right was an incredible like uh, uh, idea you know like like a, a nugget of, of philosophy mm-hmm. for anyone uh, r- regardless of your race to like understand um, what it potentially could be like to be uh, a black person yeah and um, th- to, to not have control of your own mm-hmm. life um. Yeah And Fucking you know, What is us gonna have um, Yeah And what, How is he gonna Work the The theme into whatever It's gonna be interesting
0: is. Or is it just gonna be A fucking really fun Just, genre just a horror movie Which yeah. could happen He yeah. could yeah, do it that Yeah could And it would still like, like do you think people Would be disappointed If that happened uh, I think Do you think people Would be probably, like Jordan Peele We expected more from you I think <laughs> I think yeah I think you're gonna Get those people But
1: mm-hmm. Also, like Jordan Peele P- can do whatever. Yeah, fuck make, he wants make whatever you want. If yeah. if he, and it looks good too. Yeah. You know, and I know that Jordan Peele is someone who thinks about things enough to where, like, even if there isn't a message, that it's going to be that everything's gonna be well thought out, yeah, and well executed, yeah. Which, I mean, a fucking good movie is a good movie. Yeah. I don't think that you have to have a, a good message in a movie or like a political in order for me to enjoy yeah, it,
0: yeah. for sure. We were talking about Black Mirror. I kind of wanted to bring something up about Bandersnatch. Okay. So we haven't watched it yet. Okay. Bandersnatch is a, a new Black Mirror movie that just came out. That is choose your own adventure style, mm. and I just think that <clears throat> the idea is so interesting to me. That that medium, that cho- like I don't know, if, did you read choose your own adventure books when you were younger? No. No, you never did. Do you no. get it though? Uh,
1: for the most part. I've seen Big.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't... I've never seen Big.
1: Uh, well, there's a, a scene where he's, uh, like, playing a, a video game where he, like, types in mm-hmm. uh, what the, the character oh, yeah, yeah, has yeah, yeah. to do. Yeah.
0: Like, and he's, like, uh, yep. talking to a dragon or something mm-hmm. and then fucking... Okay. Um, yeah, so, like, I just think that... I feel like there's potential for this to be a really cool thing. For choose-your-own plot line. Yeah, to be really cool. Yeah, I don't. Know. I've heard about things like this being done before.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. While I was in film school. There was a, a site that you could go on and kind of do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you feel like? I mean, this is all speculation because I, I we haven't watched it yet. Yeah, watch it. I've I've heard good things. Yeah, me too. Um, do you feel like at best it's a bad version
0: of a video game? No.
1: What do you think? At what are best, the advantages? No, certainly
0: not. So what do you, what do you think that are the, advantages? I mean, I think at best it's of, a good movie. You know what I mean? Okay. Like at best it's just a really, really great movie. Um, what do you, what do you think are the advantages of this kind of medium over a video game? Well, one, it looks better. Okay. Certainly. It is a beautifully shot. You know, black mirror is very well made. Mm-hmm. Um, and any type of movie is going to look, you know, using real people is going to look better than a video game does. Right. Um, I think that it's a bit different to me. I I, I don't know if I can put my finger on it. So yes, in a video game, you can do what you want to do in any moment, but I think there's a different experience of watching a movie and making the decisions. Now, like we said, we haven't watched it, so I don't know exactly how it works. I don't know if it's like, Oh, I think Chris should do this over this at this point. You know, I I don't know how they're doing it, Mm -hmm. but I just think there's a, a really cool potential for storytelling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm positing those questions not
1: out of like my disbelief yeah, yeah, yeah. of the, the the medium. I think that it's a really cool idea and I I want to yeah. engage it. Is there any way that we could do like a spoiler episode on that? Or like- That's know, what like, I was-
0: Because I asked you, I was like, if you spoil one of the endings, yeah, are you spoiling the movie? Yeah. Because there's multiple- They shot, apparently there's like five, over five hours of
1: footage. Or like- I don't know. I, th- I feel like there's something cool that we could do there. Like a live show where like the fucking, the. Uh, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Huh? Well, we wouldn't record the,
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know. The screen, we can, we can, but we people
1: can. could watch along with us yeah. and, um, fucking like people could submit yeah. the choices, you know, and then fucking,
0: it'll be like a fan. led. Maybe we can try something. Uh, choose your adventure. I'm just fucking spitballing here. Yeah. Bro. Uh, uh yeah, I just think it's a really interesting idea. I want to see, I want to see how it's executed and I want to see, you know what it's like to experience it. And then I wonder like, I feel like black mirror is the perfect
2: Mm -hmm.
0: medium for it. It's like the perfect project to do it on. Like, I don't know how it would work with just like a random blockbuster film or stuff like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially because of all the, all the footage that you have to shoot, you have to shoot so much more than a normal movie. Um, I wonder how like, like, is it like? Does it get like tragic where you just you screw up and everyone just dies? I, I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, like that. you know, like how many unsatisfying endings can you can you find? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ending. And like, best believe. Can I'm you like that, reload your last save?
1: Best believe I'm gonna find that tragic ending. dog. <laughs> best believe.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. The casting it's fun too. Uh, w- Eyebrow boy, Will Poulter. Uh, I thought you I was like Anthony Davis. No. <laughs> Um, the dude from, uh, Dunkirk, Fion Whitehead, mm. you saw Dunkirk, right? I saw Dunkirk. He's like the, the, the young, the young soldier.
1: Uh, okay.
0: I'll show you a picture of him. All right. <laughs> I know you have a thing with faces. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that guy. Um, on Kirk
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I f- I feel like there's something there. I feel like there's something that we could do with <laughs> that. I don't know. Well, Figure if out. you have if you guys have any ideas, fucking uh send them in. Yeah. Sure. If you
0: if you want to do our job. <laughs> <laughs> um I think that's pretty much all I had. Do you have any anything else? You see anything you liked? Uh, not nah, fam. You did you like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? We watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. We probably won't do a spoiler episode on it. But nah, it it was too. It was just. Yeah, I liked it. It was, meh. It was fun. It's alright. It's fun. It was, fine. it was a Shane Black movie. Yeah, for sure. It's very Shane. I like it. the Nice Guys more though.
1: Yeah, um, but like the exact reasons why I like, why I didn't really really <laughs> like Nice Guys is the the same reasons why like I. This also, like, a- I
0: don't know if Kiss Kiss Bang Bang has aged well. You know what I mean? Why? There's like some really weird gay jokes and stuff. Uh-huh. Where I was like, this is weird. Uh huh. This is this is weird. Yeah. I Like Robert Downey Jr. though, but I always like Robert,
1: Robert, Robert Downey Jr. is one of those uh, guys that like when I when I see him act, I'm like, this is what you were fucking born yeah. to do. Like yeah. you're so sensational mm-hmm. in front of a camera. Like
0: I'm I'm fucking completely drawn to you. Yeah. Um. And it's weird because like he is very off, like almost like Will Smith, he's almost always just being Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. With small, with small differences to it. I characters. mean,
1: I, <laughs> for the most part, we've only seen him play one that's character true. over that's the past true. decade. He's so. always being Tony Stark. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but I think that's just because Tony Stark is so much him.
1: I think, I think he's a little bit more method than Will Smith. Um, okay.
0: I don't know, dude. Bill Smith's gonna be a genie. <laughs> what's more, what's more, method than that? Uh, you got a, you got a shout out. Yeah, I do have a shout out. All right, go ahead. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right,
1: uh, my sh- I'm surprised that we haven't brought this guy up before on the podcast. Okay, Leon Bridges. Yeah, Leon he, Bridges. He's dope. Uh, we were listening to him before that, but uh, fucking th- the reason he fucking entered back into my mind is because Obama came out with a, mm-hmm. a list of his favorite. Movies, and, movies books and, and books and songs of the year. Yeah, and uh, Leon. One of the songs off of Leon Bridges' new album, which yeah. I thought he came out with another album um, since this one, because this came out in like I want to say earlier 2018. Yeah, um, and I've already listened to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, I haven't listened to his new no, album, no, no, but, I but I have. But um, I have. I wasn't a huge fan of the newer album. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's less, <clears throat> um. Up. Old school Yeah So uh, for those that don't know Leon Bridges Never uh, heard of him before Listened to his music He is a 29 year old uh, Soul R&B singer Mm -hmm. Uh, He plays guitar And he has uh, a fucking incredible voice Um, uh, He's someone who Also
0: an incredible sense of style
1: Very true Very Mm -hmm. true Um, He is someone whose music has been compared (coughs) to Otis Redding mm-hmm. and Sam Cooke, uh, his music is a little bit has a little bit more guitar mm-hmm. in it, and probably a little bit more uh, blues and R and B influence, uh, and and I would say even folk mm-hmm. influence. Yeah, there's definitely folk influence um, on, uh, on his music than uh, just uh, Otis Redding and Sam Cooke. Um, yeah, but fucking re- his first album, Coming Home, uh, is an incredible work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's ten songs that are. Just fucking dope. The deluxe album is also uh, good. Has, I think, two or three uh, more songs and then a couple live performances mm-hmm. of uh, the original Coming Home songs. Uh, the titular song, Coming Home, is. I'm uh, coming if if home you've never heard Leon Br- uh, Bridges before, I'd recommend that song. I'd recommend uh, the last woman. song in the album, only
0: River.
2: What?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just. River is.
0: If if River's a great song. If
1: yeah, if you enjoy Sam <clears throat> Cooke, if you enjoy just like fucking really easy
0: listening, soulful music. If he, easy listening is, you gotta be careful because yeah. it makes you think of elevator music. Okay. Easy to listen to, like yeah, easy easy to listen to. Like yeah, like calming, mm. you know, not easy chill listening. Music. Easy listening it's is chill. a genre. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Careful. All right. Yeah,
1: it's not elevator. Bridges. Leon Bridges is dope. I, but if it came on an elevator, like you, that would, that would be lit. That'd be a <laughs> dope <laughs> elevator ride, right? would Be a dope <laughs> elevator ride. That'd um, be awesome.
0: All right, Leon Bridges, good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. how have we never talked about him? I don't know. He's awesome. Uh, mine is a comic. Oh, uh, we've talked about Max Landis a few times. I think I did American Alien before. I should probably write down what I shout out. So I don't <laughs> but uh, this is another comic written by Max Landis called Green Valley. I want to tell you about Green Valley without spoiling stuff because there's a lot to spoil in Green Valley. It's wild. Green Valley is a story about a group of knights in a medieval setting
1: who... Why don't we do spoiler episodes on things other than movies and TV? We could. Yeah, like could comics. Sure. That would be fucking sick. Yeah, we could for why sure. Haven't, why even thought, have you thought about that before? No, I've never thought about we're that. We're too stupid
0: to think about We're that. really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um... We could do a spoiler episode on Green Valley because it's crazy. Yeah, you haven't read it, right? No, I think they're all over there. No, I'm pretty sure they're all over there okay. in our boxes of comics. Um, I'm trying to. So it's about a group of knights whose kingdom gets overrun, and they're down on their luck, and they're they want to they want to re- get back to the glory days. Mm-hmm. And so much stuff happens that I can't tell you about because it would spoil it. Okay. I'll read it and we'll do a spoiler. Episode All right, on. cool. Um, it's a genre bending story with really, really fun characters. Um, the the it's it's mostly more than anything, it's about friendship. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good. It's just hard. It's it's weird to talk about it without spoiling it. It's kind of a common theme uh, for Max Landis. Friendship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stupid. <clears throat> Well, I mean... I honestly don't believe it. If you hear him talk about his life, it makes sense. You know, he had a hard time making friends his whole life Mm because of different um, things he was diagnosed for. and He was an asshole. Yeah. He talks about that. He was just a dick. It's just my firm belief that you need friends. Yeah, dude. Friends are the worst. Anyway. Shout out to Leon Bridges and to Green Valley. Oh, but I think it's like six issues. Green Valley. I think it's something like that. Six or seven. Um. Yeah, Leon so it's Bridges. Only take me like two years to read Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Leon Bridges and Green Valley. Um. This has been the Chris and Kyle show, and I have to go to work soon. So <gasps> we're, gonna, we're gonna end it. Yep. Uh. This has been the Chris and Kyle show. He's Chris. I'm Kyle. Find him, Chris Michael Stott, on Instagram, ChrisMichaelStott.com on his website. Check out his scripts and stuff. I am Davin Will 25 on Twitter and Instagram. We are the Chris and Kyle Show on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and. All podcasting platforms. We are TCAX Pod on Twitter. No poll this month. Mm-hmm. No poll this month. Sorry, guys. I know that's really disappointing to everybody. Yeah, because you love making us do stuff. Well, what are we doing but in the? It's because instead instead of the poll this month, there's going to be a special Oscar episode where we're going to take a look at the Oscar nominations and give our thoughts on them mm-hmm. and our ideas. And we're also going to have our top five moments list in that yeah. episode. Top five moments in film of the year. Yeah. Not necessarily movies Not necessarily performances Could be anything Could be scenes Performances Movies Scores scores, Whatever the fuck Yeah Songs Things in film Yeah Exactly This could be a beefy episode Yeah probably pretty long uh, Longer than a normal spoiler episode It's gonna be fun though Gonna be exciting There's also gonna be Another guest episode this month Pretty cool Dude who's coming on Mandy Oh yeah that's right We already recorded it Yeah Mm. (laughs) Yeah Mandy we brought on a scientist <clears throat> yeah she's a scientist I learned what a coral baby is <laughs> I didn't know before yeah uh,
1: brought her on she, she is way ready.
0: smarter than us yeah so you know she you should listen to her and not if else. you want
1: to see how uh, dumb we are yeah. fucking relative to actual smart people yeah
0: check it out yep um yeah that's us we out
1: we out stay weird.